This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. Yo, what's good, everyone? Alex Terrace here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, my buddy, my co-host, and the pal with the man with the plan, the one and only, John Malika. But before we ask John how he's doing, guys, I need your help. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you may listen to it. We're on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are oh, there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us a five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a comment. We're also on YouTube. Make sure to type in Nick's comma Jets comma ETC period. You can find the YouTube page. All right. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. When you watch a video, hit that like button. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Add to the conversation. It just helps us out. We love to engage with all of you. Truly. So like shout out to Sublime, I-95 Bully, Butter DePonta, all you guys. All right. All you guys are always in the comments. We appreciate it. Oh, so greatly. And while you're over there, we got winning picks weekly. John, video producer Greg, they go down the NFL slate. They go over NBA. They just did NBA playoffs. They just did the Masters. They did March Madness, doing baseball, give you futures, parlays. Everything you need to know, these guys got you covered. So make sure to go check them out. And then last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We, we are, are there. there. All right, man. What up, John? How are you doing today, bro? How you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm good. And uh, NBA playoffs about to start. Unfortunately, our Knicks are not in it, but I feel like we're used to that at this point. Big NBA fans, so I'm re- I'm ready to get this rolling. You got baseball season in full effect. He starts out with the Yankees Red Sox series in the Bronx, freezing outside. I mean, BX baby, BX baby. I I, I love the Yankees hashtag this year. The Red BX way better than Squad Up and Pinstripe Pride. I like the Rep BX. And, you know, it really felt like a late September game uh, last year. I really love this Yankees team. I know this is a Knicks pod, but I'm, I'm really excited. I'm wearing a Yankee shirt. The Yankees are playing right now. We got a f- long four days against the Blue Jays. But I'm, I, we got some underdogs. We got an underdog Yankees team here. And uh, I'm really excited about it, dude. Especially against, like, you know, just head for head against the Red Sox and just, like, personnel-wise. I'm feeling okay. I know Tampa and the Blue Jays are going to be pains in the butt, but I'm I'm ready for this season, dude. And unfortunately, you know, we're here talking Knicks. Uh, we, we, they gave us, as always, we have that nice little jolt at the end of the season, right, to just give us that hope. I mean, we the hopioid is abundant right now in Knicks Nation. And to be honest with you, usually I'm kind of annoyed by it, right? We have the Jets who win, who like to win the last three games of the season and, you know, make believe we're about to do well. The Knicks do that from game to game. We have these Knicks fake comebacks. And now they did it at the end of the year. And, 
Usually I'd be annoyed by it, but this year, man, we needed it, dude. Just toxicity everywhere. And it starts from, you know, the players, right? Our, our, our number one player, our highest paid player. He started the toxicity, right? The stubbornness from the coach, you know, whether you like him or not, there was definitely stubbornness. And then, you know, it boiled down to the fans. We had the losses to go on top of that to justify it all, you know? So I'm, 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 I don't know. I feel like I'm in the minority here that we needed the season to end this way, man. We needed it. You know, I agree with you, John. And uh, I do agree with you. I do agree that we needed the season to end this way because it was pretty gross uh, just from what we watched. I mean, it started out great, but that ended great. And, you know, CP said it best. Uh, I was on the, the Knicks fan TV. I was on Knicks fan TV last night for post game. After we watched Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin both go off to defeat the Toronto Raptors 105 to 94. And he said it right. You know, we, and, and we were covering it too for our pod. Summer League, man. How did it start? And CP said it perfectly. Like it started with focusing on Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin. And how did the season end? Focusing on Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin. And honestly, it is kind of a little poetic that it started that way because, you know, we, those two guys were the first draft picks under this full new regime, Leon Rose, right? Walt Perrin, World Wide West, all of them. And quickly gave us a lot of hope. First time we drafted somebody in a long time, late in the first round that came in and was ready to go, right? Obi Toppin was shaky last year. There was faith. He just needs some playing time. Somebody to help him. Derek Rose comes along, gets him steady. Going to summer league, you see the confidence in Obi. He's playing with more confidence. Still a little bit shaky, but he was playing with more confidence. Manuel quickly was getting into that point guard bag, trying to be a facilitator. You started to see him learn, and you saw the investment that Tom Thibodeau was making in Emmanuel quickly by coaching him after the games and being there at summer league, Right. So the fact that we're seeing it now at the end of the season and how they finished the end of the season, dude, I don't know how it's, it's even though the season sucked, right? From the standpoint of like, we had expectations after making the playoffs last season, we didn't make the playoffs. We gave Julius Randle the bag because he was <laughs> the Knicks. He deserved, LeBron. It. He, he deserved it. it. Yeah, he deserved it. He deserved, no, he deserved it. I'm not going to take that away from yeah. him. He deserved it. He was like the LeBron James for this team, right? Last season, he got the bag. And then this season, underperformed greatly, right? Not even close. The numbers, yeah, the 20, 10, and 5 all looks pretty, but it's empty when it doesn't translate into a lot of wins, and it's not efficient. Yeah, he's the least least efficient player in the NBA. That doesn't look so pretty. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, And especially when you got to put him, especially when you put the numbers like with, Nikola Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo was like, guys, yeah, chill stop out. doing this. Well, Don't that's do the this reason. <laughs> that's the reason for analytics, right? So when everyone freaks out about, oh, analytics are so stupid, the advanced analytics for the nerds, this is the reason for them because you could look at a scoreboard and be like, oh, the box score seems like, oh, like Randall and Giannis. Oh, it and looks good. And Joker. Oh, <laughs> look, we're pretty, we're okay, we're close. Like it's not close. And the way to prove that on paper is to look at the advanced analytics. But, and, you know, I, I like your, your little poetic take, you and CP, the always positive CP, you know, going from, you know, summer, it started with summer league and ended with summer league. But if that happens, I mean, 
that's why we're not in the playoffs, right? If, if, if the if your if your head if your stars in the summer league or your stars in your last game of the season, most likely you had a losing season, and that's oh, okay for sure. It's okay, but the problem is, like you said, the expectations during the middle of that sandwich were fourth seed. Oh, and then and then let's add on to it. Derrick Rose gets injured. Nerlens Noel, Nerlens uh, Noel. I'm thinking a wall because he went a wall, man. <laughs> Nerlens Noel went a wall. Uh, man was just injured this entire time. You had Evan Fournier, Kemba Walker that just didn't work out. Evan Fournier came along towards the end of the season. Can, can I'll we, give it can to we him. Stick? Can we stick on Fournier for a second? Sure. Because how about that tweet okay. with him and Quentin Grimes? <laughs> Wait, what was the tweet? What was the tweet? Oh, so uh, I think uh, there was a chart showing that we're. Evan Fournier likes to shoot. He, where, who was the best shooter? You know that maps where it shows everyone's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was, uh, Kingsbury, uh, that was doing it. Um, I gotta check the tweet again, but it had Evan Fournier in the corner and at the top of the key. And then he tweets at Quentin Grimes, see corner fadeaway and Quentin Grimes responds. <laughs> that's, that's what I've been saying. What, what was his response? I've been uh, screaming Qu- Fournier fadeaway three. It was a Quentin Grimes. He's like, if you're fading out of bounds from the left corner, it's automatic. <laughs> yes, dude. Yes. Okay. Yo, I'm so, I did not see that. I'm so happy you told me this, yeah, uh, for, for live everyone, reaction. For everyone, for everyone, not, for everyone out there, if you could see that, there it is <laughs> on the YouTube. And, and not over, not over on text because yo, I am Evan Fournier really got the brunt of Knicks nation. And it really, it really sucks because number one, he's a, he's a really cool dude. Like, like his, his post game press conferences are so genuine. I listened to his post game presser talking about how, you know, he sees what the Knicks are in a game where we're out of the playoffs versus uh, a Raptors team that's benching their two star players that's getting ready for a playoff game, you know, and he saw the energy in the, in the stadium. And that has to be different from like, the contrast of that and Orlando, like in a playoff run, you know, I'm sure that, you know, the Knicks were still louder and he gets it. And I think that he was one of the players to get really affected by, let's just call it the, the bad juju in, in, within the Knicks this year. I think he was one of those players to get affected by it because his role as a microwave is enhanced when the team is good, obviously, but when, just when they're being positive, you know what I mean? Because Orlando wasn't necessarily good, but if they're all being positive, if they're all playing together, he was fired. And honestly, for the Knicks, I mean, dude, he, he broke, he blew Starks' record for three pointers out of the water, like out of the water, man. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to say, Oh, new age NBA. We have players that are assigned to be on the Knicks, like Novak, for example, that are just here to shoot threes. Like we have players who we, we chuck 53s <laughs> a game as the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? We just don't hit them. Fournier, he, he was able to create the, with the fadeaway corner threes. I'm so happy that came up with Grimes that one bounce fadeaway three and he can get in the mid range. Yes, his defense sucked, but we know that, you know, so he's one of my sympathetic characters this year on the Knicks that I, I honestly feel bad for. Like he showed out. And he did everything we asked him for. He got the brunt of it. He was affected the most by the Randall situation, in my opinion. Like, if Randall was good and he was positive, Fournier would have killed it. My other yeah, guy is Burks, bro. Burks, oh, bro. He got, he's, he, got, he, got he's a, he got the brunt of it, too. And that's the other yeah. thing is that he got the other brunt because he was placed out of position instead of being that off-ball score that we're so used to him doing, being that 
six to eight guy to really be that microwave score coming off the bench. And he just didn't, he, he's another one that gets to be the villain in this, you know, and that's where you put it. This is where it just keeps going down, right? You go yeah. to Burks, Fournier. And like, I, I like Fournier now because he, the contract isn't bad because you just can't have him next to Kemba Walker. That was just bad. You can't yes. have, you can't, you can't, you Kemba can't. Kemba was have a that. bad, Kemba was a bad situation. Doesn't matter who's next to him. Honestly. And here's the, the thing. Here's the Kemba thing. Kemba in, in a glass case was bad. That was a bad fit. But here's the thing, and Kemba deserved to come off the bench after we lost Derrick Rose, and he should have gotten that opportunity because I think he would have thrived in that with someone like Obi Toppin running the pick and roll, getting him back into it, and doing that. There's sure. honestly, and this is where you can blame Tibbs, and, and I think not being creative and how to work that around. Hundred percent. You know, that was like, his number one, number one biggest flaw, I think. From yeah. that was a front office problem. And it was a tips problem. Like we that was a horrible and a horrible Randall situation. problem and a Randall problem and a Randall because, problem because so everybody, got, all three phases of the Knicks. I said on Knicks fan TV, Randall's my number one target because your team is only as good as your best player, and if he's not going to come out at the beginning of the season and give it his all, like you're not going to go far. You know, when we had those two wild losses at home towards the Orlando Magic, and he's not taking Wendell Carter to town. What the hell are we doing? What the hell are we doing here? If you're not, if you're playing the Chicago Bulls and Lonzo Ball is matched up on you, how are you not going down into the paint and taking advantage of that mismatch? This is the thing where he stopped driving and doing, he just changed his game. He changed his game and his demeanor and his demeanor. And that's the thing. So if he's changing, right? And then you have a front office who knows that Tom Thibodeau likes to have a guard that can defend. You got to get Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. And the Fournier signing is fine because it came first, but the Walker, and then you say you want the young kids to play and all this type of stuff. That's a you problem. Okay. Yeah. That, you can't come out here and blame the coach, but I do blame Tibbs for not adjusting. And I, I'm like looking back on this and I'm thinking that there are things that he could have changed. Obviously some things happen later in the season, but trying Kimball Walker off the bench would have helped. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's just so many things like this whole season, like maybe putting, Emmanuel quickly at the point guard position because what we see towards the end okay. could have made a difference. Okay, we're on IQ. Perfect. Okay, let, 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 let's talk about IQ. I love IQ. Last week we had uh, Joe Monox from the SB Nation, uh, from the Grizzlies um, website. Yep. And he was talking to us about Tyus Jones and how he'd be a great backup point guard and he does all the right things. And he said he would be good. Hold on. Let me just say. Because he would be, he also said he would be a good starter. However, the caveat is you need four guys offensively to carry that team and for him to be someone to steady the ship. He's not going to be that, uh, the catalyst, but he will help organize it. He can't be a well, good starter in that way. Yeah. That was a good way to, you know, summarize what Joe was talking about last episode. You should check that out. If you're interested in the Grizzlies playoff run or Tyus Jones to the Knicks. But on what planet is IQ not better than Tyus Jones? So I agree with you, right? We learned a lot from IQ, especially. So these last games were meaningless. So then you jump to, oh my goodness, Tibbs is a criminal for not starting IQ in the beginning of the year. Look, I understand that I'm the number one person to tell you, especially being a baseball hall guy. Also, if you put somebody out of position, like they're just going to do worse, right? So. It, it, or, or if they're just not sure about their playing time, right? We knew, we saw that with OB too. Like he's scared to make a mistake and we'll get to OB in a little bit, but with IQ, he was playing badly. 
But like he was playing so bad during this year. He had bad shooting stretches, bad turnover stretches. And uh, there's reason to blame. Like, if you want to say, oh, that's because he didn't get to play a lot. Okay, fine. Okay, but he struggled in the summer league as point guard. And he struggled uh, most of this year. You know what I'm trying to say? So if your reasoning is because Tibbs didn't play you, then okay. But I think the reasoning is he just needed more time. Like, it took it took him 60 games to be good at point guard. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Like, Like, that makes sense to me. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't necessarily think that if he started playing point guard at 25 games, he would have done what he did in the 82nd game of the season or, you know, the 78th to 82nd game of the season. That's my point. So we touched on it for a, for a second and Burks, right? Cause this jumps right into the Burks conversation. Burks is a sympathetic character. And I, I know people want to shut off the podcast already. I already want to, want to skip to the next video of YouTube, right? Because this is the guy, right? With tips is a criminal. Why are we starting Burks? Even when the season was over, we should be starting IQ. And look what happened. We started IQ in the last game of the season, you know, 30-point triple-double. Who cares who we were facing? I'm with you. I love IQ. You know, Emmanuel Kuka, I love him, right? Goes home, tweets, God is, God's the greatest, right? As soon as he gets a 30-point triple-double and he's chilling with his family. He's the man. I'm, 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 I'm with you, bro. But I just don't subscribe to the fact that he would have – been this transcendent point guard if we start him in the middle of the season. Jumping to next season, I still don't know if I want him to be the starting point guard of the Oh, season. I do. How, however, I do. if he is, in my in my opinion, if he is the starting point guard for the Knicks, I'm not going to be worried. I'm not going to be like, oh, no. The thing with him starting is how much of a cushion do you give him? So let's jump into that. How much of a cushion do you give IQ? If he comes out next year and plays like he did in the beginning of this year or in the middle of this year, 10, 15 games in, what are we doing? Now it's a whole nother season of no point guard. Like D Rose is the backup. So that's where I'm still weary. And I think that's okay as a realistic, you know, Knicks fan, NBA fan to still be like, I'm not sure if this guy could be my, you know, 75 game starter at point guard and lead every night. But I do believe in him and I do see the progress. But I, I'm, the the point the, that's my first point. The second point is I don't think that Tibbs really hindered him by not starting him in the middle of the season when he was struggling. I, I, honestly, it could be it could have been worse. It could have ruined IQ. You know what I'm trying to say? Like you play on the Knicks as a starting point guard and lose 50 games in a row. You know what I'm trying to say? Like like that could be horrible for you for for the, your fans' perspective and for your confidence. For sure, and I it's it's. You know, it's fair that you say that. Look, like Emmanuel quickly, as we do know, he did not start off the season that strong. I mean, there were nights that we saw that he couldn't hit the hit the bare side of a barnyard. You know what I mean? Like and he was getting turnovers was, too, so it was horrible. Yeah, you no, for, for for a while, like he was ve- he was struggling mightily. Okay, mightily. So I totally understand what you're saying. Where it's like, oh well. What if we started him then? Could it have been different? Could it have like it's like maybe, maybe not. I won't. I wouldn't really subscribe to that as well either. You don't know how things would have played out if we play all these hypotheticals. If oh, if Tibbs started now and all he needed was playing time. I mean, I don't really. It's just tough. It's tough to say because he could have and it could not play. It couldn't worked out. You know what I mean? I mean, look from October to January, IQ was averaging twenty two minutes. He's averaging ten points. Shot 37.7% from the field, 
34% from three. And then you have, like, you look at that and you're like, is that really the making of like a point guard averaging three assists, two rebounds? He was still doing well. His defense was solid. Could you say he needed more playing time to figure it out? Sure, but he was getting 22 minutes and it looked like he was struggling out there on average for 22 minutes. So if you look, if you're watching him for 22 minutes, getting 22 minutes of run and he looks like he's struggling, how are you going to leave a player out there to continue to struggle? And there were some nights that he looked like he figured it out, but let's remember that from October to January and the end of January, like October 20th, opening day to January 31st, 2022. That was where his stats, that's what he was averaging. It was not pretty. It wasn't, the, it wasn't like, oh my God, he's out here doing everything. He wasn't driving to the rack that he was doing. He was attempting like four or five drives per game. He wasn't grabbing as many rebounds. We saw some flashes of playmaking, but his shot was, his shot was, his shot wasn't there. His selection was off. I mean, people were legitimately calling him a chuck for the sake of like, there were some shots that was like, he was actually chucking. So yeah, he's trying to get himself out of the groove, bro. Yeah. He was trying to figure it out. But then guess what? After all star break, he figured it out and we heard he was overthinking. And it's not like his minutes were like close to Obi Toppins, which was more criminal, but he was still getting 22 minutes and it was still struggling. Something clicked. Something figured it out. And now we saw how he ends the season, right? And by him ending the season the way he did on a high note, you can just say, okay. And this is what makes me optimistic going into next season with Emmanuel Quigley. Because in the last 10 games, right, he's averaging 30 minutes per game. He's averaging 17 and a half points, 41%, 41, close to essentially 42% from the field, 35% from three on high volume, uh, about seven and a half attempts, shooting 80% from the free throw line, getting you, uh, about close to seven assists per game. He's six and a half. And, and then five, back. and then close to five and a half rebounds per game. His free so, throws are back, bro. Emmanuel quickly free throws. Man, he had a bad spell. And too. he, he would, and, free and, throw. and he, oh, and he happened? dude, and he couldn't draw fouls. And then he figured out how to draw fouls again and get back all into rhythm. And so we see this, and I'm confident they can build off of this going into the next season, which is why I'm confident for him being the starting point guard for next season. And this is my logic with Emmanuel quickly, and then we can go on to Obi Toppin. When I look at Emmanuel quickly, what did what he did these last ten games, and seeing that type of performance. You know, he helped lead the charge against the number one team against the Miami Heat. You know, it's IQ at this point is not an anomaly. They saw him last season. They game plan for him last season. We saw that rookie wall last season and he came back out and you still game plan for a guy, regardless if he's going through struggles, because the fear is if he starts going off, then you're not doing your job. So he came back. Performed well against them. We saw the, sure, we saw the end of the game where he goes off. And it's not even the fact that he goes off. You just saw the confidence, the way he's able to orchestrate the offense, the shot selection, the drawing the fouls, grabbing the rebounds, changing, changing pace, whether it's him himself. I can't forget what he did Friday night against the Washington Wizards. He brings the ball up court. Instead of going a hundred miles an hour, he drops that thing down to 20 and then does a euro and finishes with a layup. Finger roll. That's the type of shit. That is just like, is very encouraging. And I'm yeah. saying he should go, he should go into next season being the starter because look, as much as I like Jalen Brunson, as, as good as it sounds with Tyus Jones as being a steady hand, these are guys that you have to trade assets for to bring them in here. Yeah. Right. And you have to pay them. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel quickly is on the roster on a rookie contract. Yeah. If you think, 
And I'm not saying Jalen Brunson is going to be an answer. Tyus Jones isn't going to be an answer. You can even look at Malcolm Brogdon, who you can guarantee 20 to 30 games he's going to be out for this season. <laughs> right? You can guarantee it. You can get, I don't know when, but I can guarantee it. And then if you want to talk about Colin Sexton, another guy you'd have to trade and sign for. And there's questions on, is he actually enough of a point guard to initiate an offense, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We just saw Emmanuel quickly facilitate, get his shot selection, do all of these things. He's on a rookie contract going into his third year being a Nick, homegrown talent. After what I saw over the last really month and a half post all-star break, I would rather run it at this with Emmanuel quickly as a point guard than give up assets to go figure that out. And I'd rather, since none of these guys are really going to be that weird franchise altering point guard, because none of them really are. And I feel like you could still trade for any of these guys at any point. Doesn't matter where they go. It just depends on the offer. You have to give them or someone else comes up. That's more interesting than what we see at this point. It's only now that we're looking at these guys as available options because they're free agents, right? But there's always that what trade that we don't know that a team makes. So with that being said, give me Emmanuel quickly going to next season as a starting point guard. And if we really wanted to figure it out, if he was a point guard or not, we should have done it after the all-star break and figured it out. I get that it's a head coach. I know, I know you're going to say it's a head coach that who wants to win and he's focusing on winning and he's going to do what he thinks is best. I get that. I did, but so it's, it's not, it's not to say, it's not to say that, Oh, you're stupid and he's the head coach and he's smart. Yeah, no, it's not saying that. It's not saying, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he knows. I'm not saying that Tom Thibodeau knows everything because obviously he didn't, right? We, we, we can express that, but I get why, like mentally, I understand his thought process. I don't agree with his thought process, but I understand what was going through his brain to not go with Emmanuel quickly. But also on paper, I mean, you, you literally went through and mentioned all of IQ's stats leading up to the All Star break. And what you didn't mention, and that why we really got into the IQ, you know, conversation is because Alec Burks, the guy that he was going to start for, was the most efficient player on the Knicks. Like, not only are you going to bench the most efficient player on the entire team, but he's playing the position that you need the most. And, and he's out of position. So the, the man is doing on a really cheap contract, honestly, on, uh, for what he's doing for the Knicks, like being the most efficient player, taking the brunt of, of, of the Knicks fans, right? Even, and he's the most efficient player. Like, is there anybody that has to go through that? Like, Alfred Payton, he deserved what he got from us because he played and he stunk, right? Uh, Alec Burks, he's playing and he's doing okay, at least on paper, right? I understand that he was making blunders. He won us a bunch of games and we'd be like, oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> right, and we just kind of like brush that. He made a lot of winning plays, and we just brush it off. And to be honest, he wore it on his face. Like you could tell, like uh, midway through the season, he was pissed off. I'm not sure if that was also due to you know the Randall factor, right? Especially because he experienced it when it was really high last year, and then he experienced it when it was really low this year. So I'm sure it got to him a little bit. But he he is really cool with Obi Toppin. They chill before every game. They like go out. Uh, right under the Knicks basket, sit together, like do this whole pregame, you know, little thing that they got going on. So they're friends. They're cool. Right. And that's why I don't hate on Tibbs not starting Burks up until the, you know, all-star game. But then you see IQ's minutes, you know, started to get up because that's when he started doing well. And, and, and he, he got rewarded. close to 30 minutes. And that was Dude, the thing. That's and the here's the thing. thing. Man. That, that's why I'm not like on this Tibbs is crazy, stubborn guy, because if you just – like, and that's why I'm not so mad. Like, I know his, it's arrogant and he's being a jerk when he's like, 
who are you? Like, do you even watch the game four times? But like, we kind of do in, in the sense of we we're paying attention. And so that's why I, I, I think it's silly to say that it's his fault that IQ, you know, didn't develop or it, it would have been better off. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I mean, I can't, IQ was I can't, even pissed. IQ was I, even pissed about that, right? He said that, right? The always timid guy, the nice guy said it, it came from his camp, which means that they leaked it, that they were frustrated this year that, you know, with quick, with quickly's minutes, which is fine. You should be frustrated. I get it. But as a Knicks fan, personally, as much as I like IQ, as much as I agree with you, I don't agree with you that I, I, I would, I would love IQ to be my starting point guard. But I honestly, at this point, I'm not going to mind it. I really wouldn't mind it. But at the same time, I don't think that the season was ruined by any sense of the means or IQ was I can't, uh, held back by any sense of the means because of Tom Thibodeau this year. I just, I can't, I can't, subscribe I, to can't that. I can't, I can't, I uh, can't, and I, and I can, and I can agree with that. I can't subscribe because we did see Emmanuel quickly struggle gain 22 minutes, as I said, from October 20th, 2021 till January, uh, January 31st, 2022. And I know IQ is a good player. He was struggling. It's hard to put a struggling player as a starter when he is struggling. That does not change that. (laughs) On a struggling team. But that does not change the fact that I did, like I said, like we should probably go with Emmanuel quickly as a starter after the all-star break because we should be evaluating the talent on this team right now because going into next season, you have to make some decisions, right? And that's the only thing I'll say. I wish he did that so that we could have seen a little bit more, but I know, I, well, I get it. I, I get think, it. I think if you told, I think if you told Tibbs that we're 100% guaranteed to be out of the playoffs at the all-star break. Yeah. And that's then, why I said, then he I would get have started that. IQ every day. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I get that. Yeah. I get that. And I get what he was doing. I get why he went to Burks. Look, they shut Kemba down after the break. They went with Burks. It was the net neutral net rating you can get on this team. And I get why he went with it. I don't agree with it because Old I man wish analytics. Who would have thought, right? I don't, I don't (laughs) agree. I don't agree with it because Mm. you still have to get some youth in there. I thought it was still slow paced. The kids give you that energy that you need. Grimes, all those guys. So I'm not going to fully subscribe to it, but this season, Tibbs has his blunders. I, yes, let's talk about, let's talk about his biggest blunder. I I want to get to Obi. I want, I want to get to Obi. Yes, this is it. This is his biggest blunder. Okay. I'm glad they're on the same because this is the biggest blunder because he should have got more minutes. He should have got more minutes. This is where that, Tibbs this, has this, an issue with. I, this is where I think that us as Knicks fans have a legitimate gripe with Tom Tom Thibodeau and the front office. Okay, when the front office pays Randall the amount of money that they paid him, he is now the star of the team, especially on the first year that he signs it. Okay, like it, it, it just is what it is. Okay, and especially when he gets a, a, an award as most improved player from the NBA. On the second uh, All-NBA team, Tom Thibodeau gets Coach of the Year, the highest award he can get for a coach on his, you know, he just started his tenure with the Knicks. Like, what an accomplishment, okay? The, the, once the Knicks pay him that money, they can't bench him unless it was like Phil Jackson. You know what I'm saying? A, a, a coach that was able to control his team regardless. And Thibodeau wasn't that guy, right? So you have to give him blame because – he was not able to control the Randall situation. Why Phil Jackson is Phil Jackson is not because of the triangle. It's because he was able to manage Michael Jordan, you know, being Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, Rodman drinking a beer, Scotty and Pippen, on a motorcycle, Pippen taking games. A lot off of personalities. 
Exactly. That's why, you know, Tony Kukoc, who... That's, and Hayden, honestly, look... So that's why he is. But and that's, that's why Steve Kerr... Problem, man. And, that's, and that's why Steve Kerr is why Steve Kerr is. That's why Greg Popovich is why Greg Popovich is. It's not because of the X's and O's. Is he can manage personalities. And that's why I don't think Tibbs is going to be the long-standing guy. I just don't agree with firing him after year two because I don't put all the onus on him. That's my thing. The Obi thing is the biggest. The, the, the Randall, Obi thing... Randall the Obi thing... Is the most egregious thing that he did this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Up until that same starting point between October 20th, 2021 till January 31st, 2022, 15 minutes per game for Obi Toppin. But we saw at the beginning of the season how energetic he was, how confident he was. There were stretches where he was just on a tear. And then you bench him to bring in a struggling starting unit. This is the stuff I cannot accept. That, that I cannot, that I can't subscribe to. That is a blunder. That is a fuck up. That is everything that you could possibly say that is wrong with Tom Thibodeau. You, I get that you signed Julius Randle. I get that he's your guy. This is the, this is where the, the, the philosophy of running your players into the ground comes in. And it's like, I look at Giannis Antetokounmpo, MVP, right? All these things just want to chip. You know, he averaged 32 minutes a game because they're thinking about keeping him fresh for postseason. For all 82 games, you have youth. You have young legs. One in the name of Obadiah Toppin, right? Use him. The man is legitimately a gazelle when he's out there. Unlimited energy. Unlimited, as Mr. Russell Wilson would say. But like, you want, but you want, but you want to bench him because Randall is Randall for like, come on guys. Like, I can't. I'm with you. And we and we and we saw what he did in summer league. We saw the confidence. He was he was even good in summer league. And not like I get it. I mean, he was listen. League. He was bad. He was league. bad in the beginning of this year. Like he was shooting twenty percent from three. But you know right? what? It was like fifteen percent, something even lower. But guess what? He was still giving you something that this team desperately needed, which is being out in transition, a high pace, and just leaking out in easy buckets. This is a team that wants to grind it out, but they cannot grind it out. Okay. You can't go to Julius Randle for isolation on a night to night basis and then watch it just fail. Most like it's, it's like, I mean, that's what happened in the high success rate. What's, what, what, what's bothering, what bothers me the most is this like the whole year's extension of the playoffs after game one. This is exactly what happened every play <laughs> and it never changed. Like it was just like isolation and ball, stagnant. Everybody's Bro. pissed off. And, and here's <laughs> the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You look at Obi Toppin's stats from Summer League, and I get you can say, well, it's only Summer League. But we saw a step in Summer League. He was averaging 20 po- 21 points per game on 18 field goal attempts, 40, 44 and a half from the field, 34% from three on ho- six attempts. So you know it's legit. It, 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 he's not shooting college. Sure, you're playing against younger guys, but we also saw Scotty Barnes take him to take him out to lunch. During it's summer league two, rookie of the year, but but then but then we see him get his vengeance back drop of forty three. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, end of the game, whatever. But end of the season, last game of the season, whatever. But you saw that there was actually something there. Like Dude was averaging eight rebounds per game. The assists weren't there. He's up to three assists to end the season. But I'm proud of his within the last ten games. Within the last ten games. I'm, but like I'm the percentage, full percentages, man. But the That's percentage the number is one there. thing that like stands out. So with that being said, like it's not that like we we could see this coming. He just 
needed time, but he didn't get time in the beginning of the season. Tibbs just went back to Randall because it's Randall. He got paid. Yeah. He did it last season. He, this is where I get frustrated with a coach and it's like, okay, that's cool that he did it last season. I get the name value, but are you watching the game? You can't just let him try to figure it out. And the eye test says it too. Like the first unit just doesn't have it. And there's times where you could stagger. Just figuring it out. You just have to get this kid more minutes. You just have to get him more minutes. This kid is producing for you and you don't want to get him more minutes. Yeah. This is, that's the most agree. This is the most egregious part. You get, I don't want to, like, I get, yes. I want, I want all the kids to play too. They all show grit. They all show that they can play. Obi being the number one issue with me though, that he only got 15 minutes and then he gets to end with what we see. And it's like, Oh, so you're telling me this kid gets playing time and he looks good and he can do all these things. Right. And it's like, this is not a shocker. We saw this in summer league and not yeah. saying summer league is going to be the transcript, but it's a second year player in summer league. He's older like, though. He's older and he's more established. He was, he was, he was touted as NBA ready, bro. He okay. Is. And we even saw he, last, he, he didn't last even season. Like last, I famously said, but yeah. last season <laughs> in the preseason, the kid was doing work and then he gets yeah. hurt. And then when he gets hurt and he's out for an extended time, I think he was out for like a month, right? He was out for like a month, month and a half. And we mm-hmm. couldn't see him. And then Randall decides to be <laughs> on a whole other level. And then it's like, yeah. maybe he needs to get comfortable. And then, and then hey, I get it. You're onto something. And then I get it. <laughs> but then, but then yeah. the thing is like, I get it like last season, right? Randall's going off. You're like, I'm not going to put in my rookie who's when you see him in the limited time, he's struggling, but yet this guy is legit doing everything for us. Right. But this season's different. That's the one thing I will say needed to change. Can't have that going into next season. And that's the biggest right. blunder by Tibbs. Uh, 100%. Is Obi Toppin. Um, 100%. And you know who agrees with you the most? Obi Toppin. I mean, I, I went to a bunch of games this year sitting very close to the Knicks, and I'm watching Obi. And he's pissed off every time he gets subbed out in the fourth. He, he legit, it's, He's not hiding it. He, he knows. You know what I'm saying? He's a, smart, he's a smart cat. He knows that his facial expressions, that his demeanor is being monitored. And he wanted to make it known. He didn't want to come in the last, you know, uh, the last, the second to last game of the season, the game versus the Hornets. He didn't want to come in, uh, in the fourth quarter because he was pissed off that they put Randall in who doesn't want to play regarding, you know, to begin with. And he got subbed out. Obi was playing well. And so Obi agrees with you. And I, I do think that it, it kind of put, uh, you know, a little fire in his butt. So what, maybe man? he needed it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he needed it. Like you kind of, Made me think about for a second. Once OB was injured last year and maybe Randall wasn't looking behind his shoulder, right? At that guy, um, that, you know, they, they drafted in the first round that he's going to take his spot because they probably can't play together regardless of what they like to say, you know, in press conferences. I wonder if once he, you know, saw that he had a clear path, he was more comfortable. You know, uh, we mentioned in the beginning of this episode, being comfortable, like IQ, being comfortable in your position. And not looking over your shoulder, like any quarterback, it, it makes a difference. We see it with IQ, we see it with OB, we even saw it with Grimes. But and right, so one, one of the good things about oh, about and RJ too, right? Like we see these things that RJ is allowed to be inefficient. He's allowed to go miss at the basket. And that's he's the allowed. Thing. Grimes and that's the is allowed thing. to make mistakes. He's and that's allowed. the thing. But that's the thing, right? And this is where it's not fair for everybody. You have to allow players to make mistakes, right? You can't just. And I get the the whole Randall OB thing. It's, it's, it's so confusing and it's a lot of g- mental gymnastics because I get in theory that your best player needs to play the 30 plus minutes. I get it. 
But at the same time, there has to be a thought process of making sure you get some development in there, especially against good matchups, recognizing when he's going off and just leaving him in there. Like I can't like Tibbs has these rotation substitutions that just make no sense. Like we saw Austin Rivers last year go off like with 24 points, man was hitting everything. And then he pulls him out. And you're like, dude, he is hot. What are you, what are we doing here? You keep, you let that man keep shooting until he misses. Like, what are we doing? And it's just like he did that with the second unit too this season. Second unit would just have it going. And then it's like, oh, first unit comes back and it's like, bro, let them run. Give your first, give your starting unit a rest. What, yeah. what, what the build up the lead? Just do shout it that, do it that shout way. Shout out to his off season, shout out to his off season trainer. Yeah. Shout out to David Zeno. <laughs> <laughs> but look, last 10 games for Obi Toppin. He was averaging 30 minutes, averaging 20 points on 13 field goal attempts, even more efficient than summer league. On 18, he was getting 21. On 13, he's getting 20. He's getting more efficient. 57%, close to 58% from the field. 57.7. Averaging 58, 5, uh, 5.8 three point attempts per game and hitting 44, just 0.2 away from 45% from three. Knocking him down. Crazy that he, crazy that 5.4 rebounds, 2.3 assists in the last 10 games. Wild. Wild. No, they, they, they closed the season really well. And it gives you, that's where you should have to have confidence, man, in Tibbs. And I know, I know you don't want to hear that. I know it hurts everyone. No, no, no. And that's the thing. Like, you know, I was reading that thing, uh, from Mark Berman in the New York Post today and saying, you know, two execs wanted, uh, Tom Thibodeau fired, but then he talks about practice. The pre-practice, before right. practice. And Obi talks about it saying, yeah, it's kind of like the warm-up to make sure that everyone understands their positions, their roles and everything. And it's like getting ready for the actual game to give you more confidence, right? It's like when you're in school and you give, you have an after-school program and you make sure, you want to make sure the kids are warning, right? Their material. That way when they get back into class the next day, they can pass. And that's what he's doing with these kids. He's giving that capability. And honestly, when you start seeing these kids play, yes, they want to play hard because they want another contract. But a coach also has to put them in a system to make sure that it works. Okay. Like we can go to David Fisdale, no system, confuse the shit out of everybody. I could, you can't even tell me who is what we had Kevin Knox playing the two at one point. We had Alonzo Trier playing the point guard. We had Mook playing the three. Yeah. Alonzo Trier. I said it. I said it. (laughs) We had Mook playing the three. We allowed Point Randall year one, which was never his responsibility. What system was that? When you watch Hornet, when you watch that was the heat system. (laughs) When you watch Hornacek, when you watch Fish Derek Fisher, and you see guys who don't even understand how to implement the triangle, and guys aren't even comfortable with it. They didn't understand that exactly. So, like, and even when you gave Hornacek the chance to run his own system after Phil Jackson fired that last season, I couldn't even tell you what was being ran and for who. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? The like, React stuff sucks, man. I'm really not a big fan of the read and react offense that we have going on with Tibbs. So I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like it either. I think it's, it's not, this is where you need someone to like, this is the only thing. And this is what I'll say about Tibbs. My big thing for not firing Tibbs is because if Johnny Bryant is the true heir, I want him to be in a position to succeed. And that's really it. And like I said on the last pod, like if you fire Tibbs, and you bring in another head coach, that means you think this roster is good enough to succeed. This, this season okay, wasn't this is the egre- problem. The season wasn't egregious enough to clean house to get rid of Randall and Tibbs. So if you get, if you get rid of Tibbs, that means you think Randall is good enough and can be fixed and you can move forward with him. 
If you get rid of Randall, that means you think the, uh, the, the kids can still play under Tibbs, which we did. We did kind of see. We, we saw it and not saying, and not, I'm not saying that he's going to be the coach. I'm not going to say Obi Sims. All these guys are very young. Like, I don't know what else you want. And then my thing is that they played well under whatever system he's implementing, right? It's not something that we like, but I would rather keep the coach to get the next coach ready because if you bring in Johnny Bryant, you're telling me this roster is good. <laughs> and I don't think this roster is good. Yeah, I don't think, like, I don't think, I don't think this entire season, that means we're bringing back Burks, Fournier, everybody. Cause that's what it means. I'm not saying the kids, I'm excited. The kids are good. I'm excited to see the how kids it are good, Alex. Cause the kids are good and I want the kids to play, keep the coach so that way we can get the kids. It's a slow process. And then I want I'm Johnny Bryant to come in. <laughs> I'm excited to see how, I'm excited to see how it changes, dude. Because I, for me, it's Randall, Kemba, Noel. Well, Noel is going to be interesting. Cause you brought it up too. Cause Mitch is going to, Mitch is going to be the determining factor for Noel. Yeah, Honestly. That's what I'm saying. The, cent- the center stuff, I guess this is a lot, the last thing, uh, for this Knicks team that we'll touch on. I, I, I don't think that, you know, Tibbs really made any blunders there. I think he kind of got, uh, screwed with Noel being out. Mitch is obviously limited to half the centers in the league. Just, it's just the truth of the matter. And he's limited offensively. I don't know if he knew what he had in, in Jericho Sims, our, our starting free safety. I don't think, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think the team knew what they had in Jericho Sims, which is why they gave him a two way. You, 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 like, he's a beast, bro. He's a, he's a 58th pick. Like this is the, this is where Mitch Robinson was a second round pick too, but he was a high second rounder. There's a yeah. difference. Mm-hmm. So each, so based on, I can't remember how it was, how it works, but. Your first rounders are guaranteed a contract. Your second rounders contracts vary. They don't yes, need yes. to be necessarily guaranteed a contract. So that's yeah. why, th- that's why teams sometimes in this loaded water, loaded draft that we just saw with everybody, all of our rookies, there is definitely a calculation as to saying, who do we think is going to pan out more so than someone else? And that's when you see Grimes come in. It's actually really funny going back to summer league again. Grimes didn't look in it and Deuce looked very well much in it. And then the entire thing flipped where Grimes is like, Oh, Grimes is really ready. And McBride needs a little bit more time to, to get himself going. Cause he couldn't really find a shot, but that you need time to find your shot. Right. So it's funny how that flipped, but that's probably why they took Grimes first because they're like, he's more ready in our eyes. We can give him a guarantee. Contract. That's into the system. Yeah, and fits into a system. McBride, more of a project. Rokas, more of a project. Sims, they clearly thought he was more of a project. And also, no. where he is, he's a beast. He's 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 getting a contract next season with the Knicks, dude. If he develops that little baby hook he has going on, that's more offense. Gonna, that's more offense. Gonna, it's more offense we've seen. The Knicks have seen at center. I want to say since they put Amari Stoudemire at center, honestly. I'm not even joking. That would be probably the last time. That would be unbelievable. The way he jumps out to, to half court to make double teams, makes it back, and then ju- literally jumps as if he's dunking the ball to get a rebound. Like that makes a huge difference, man. It really makes a huge, it also makes teams not want to go for the rebound. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yo, he like, jumps, not- bro. He's strong. <laughs> he's, he's a strong. beast. He, he's going to be really good. I'm, I'm very, curious to see what goes on with Mitch. I wonder if he's going to be shipped 
in some way, shape, or form with the sign and trade. This is, uh, the, this who knows with what team? I wonder if they'll just let him walk in restricted free agency this if someone throws a crazy contract. This team, this team has to consolidate, right? Some picks, yeah. and it, I'm wondering. I'm Joakim Noah wondering. is off the books, though. We could afford a center now. Look Merry Christmas, bro. Look at that. Look at that. We can also afford a lot of other things, like a wing. But this is where I'm thinking, like for for Mitch, right? If you don't decide, if you decide to go with Emmanuel quickly, who has repertoire with a lot of these guys, and I really want to see him running OBRJ, uh, OBRJ and IQ next season. I really want to see that as like our starting rotation. Sick. I really want to see that. I really, really want to see that. The question is, if you don't bring back Mitch and you do a sign and trade with him. Do you upgrade instead of at the point guard? Because if you're going to go with the man quickly, do you go hunting for a wing? It also depends on what Randall's going to bring us. Like Randall is is a huge asset. That, this is this, but this is where I'm saying. Like that's what if I'm you're saying. About, so if you're depends. consolidating, right? If you're consolidating, like I don't know what. I honestly don't. Like, here, here's you a can't question. attach. You can't attach Mitch with anybody. It's a one for one if it's a sign and trade. Thank you for bringing that up. I'm just thinking though, like. What could you like? Sure, you don't have to do it all in one package, right? You could, you could finesse that and be like, look, I'll, we can do the same deal twice with the same team. No one can stop you from doing that. It just can't be in the same package. Yeah. Right? So, I think it's semantics. Semantics, but hey, that's yeah. what attorneys do. We think sure. of semantics. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering if you could like propose to a team like, hey, you get Mitch in one deal. Then you get Randall and whatever else in another deal. Or do you have something else in mind where, like, I'm not saying you, but, like, how do you just package a lot of these assets together and, like, how do you make a player more enticing, well, that's, right? That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing about the NBA. You right? know what I've been so seeing out trade... there? You know what I've been seeing out there? And you'll like this one. Oh. I've been seeing this on the Twitter streets. Julius Randall, for your boy, Uh-oh. Rudy Gobert. Dude, that would be sick. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, Rudy Gobert would make Obi Toppin the the best version of himself. Oh, 100%. Be the problem is is that he the the contracts all match. So, what I was going to say was the whole thing about the NBA is when you trade salary, you get the same thing back, right? Cuz you you have to match salary. So, that's why people try to finagle it with expiring contracts, make it a little more juicy because, you know, next year you'll be free. But those contracts don't match. It, you know, no, you'd have get. to put, you'd have to put on like, it's not going to uh, get it. That's not going to work. That's not I know it's not, it's not, it's not, no, no, it's yeah, not, it's not, no, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's concept, I'm all about it. Like if we get a, no, but I'm saying, that's what I'm center, saying. The concept, the concept. And the thing is like, so Rudy makes 35, Randall's will make 26. 20, somewhere between 26 and So you're saying like Randall, obviously IQ is going to have to go in the trade. No, 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 no. no. I don't even think, I don't, even, I don't think you need to. Like Grimes? It's Mitchell, bro. Get your head out of the gutter. It's Mitchell. Mitchell is, there's no way on earth that the New York Knicks are going to trade with the Utah Jazz or the Utah Yaz, as I like to call them, and not get Donovan Mitchell, the boy, I, the Mets fan, the guy from White Plains. He literally hates his team. He's talking back to Rudy. It's Rudy's team out in the Yaz. They love him there. I think, he's from El- I think he's from Elmsford. That way. I'm just saying, like that's yeah. it. Like, oh, uh, Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, whatever. So it's in the from Westchester. Westchester. Just say Westchester, bro. Just call it Westchester. I got you. I got you. It I is what you. it is. 
So, uh, but no, I, 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 agree, I agree with you. But I saw those. I saw that roam in the streets, and I, I would love a center. I would love a center if we can get a center and have Sims off the bench. That would be fantastic, honestly. Sims as our as our bench center would be amazing. Getting my only minutes. thing is my only thing with Rudy though, even though by the point where his contract is a lot, like forty six towards the end, That's if there's insane. a new CBA, if there's a new CBA, and you're thinking like three hundred million is the new max deals, where it's like two hundred something is like the max deals. I think it's two twenty. Uh, it's essentially average, close to average at that point. Uh, yeah. It Listen, actually. I'm, I'm I'm a Rudy fan. Bro, that he's 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 a dominant dominant center. Like he he the way the Knicks like go back and watch that tape, dude. Go back and watch the Knicks play the the Jazz. We can't even like we can't take two dribbles past the three point line because he's just there. We just have to keep swinging it around to <laughs> just try to get away from Rudy. And if you have that and Obi, who like you said is running around everywhere, and then that you know swings down to RJ, and then you have a shooting guard. Right, oh my grimes. god! Oh my god! This is a this like, is a modern NBA team. It's a great team. team. Yeah, it's a real team. So that definitely excites me. I do want to jump to something that Mitch Robinson taught me, and Randall. All these players are teaching me, but it has something to do with my T-shirt, bro. It has something to do with the New York Yankees. Well, before you get into that, how many games do you think Mitchell Robinson played this season? Ooh, off the top of my head, he played a lot because this is contract year, which is, is is more, you know, helpful to my point. I'm gonna guess like. 62. No, more than that. Wow. 72 games. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Played 72 games. Contract year, bro. So here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. And we didn't set this up this way. But here's the thing. Julius Randle, contract year, kills it. Everyone made fun of us. Contract year, contract year. How don't you know? Same thing happened with Mitch Robinson. Mitch Robinson, 72 games, like you said. Played phenomenal. Honestly, played to hit one of his top potential years. Like, I don't. No, 100%. This is a very good season for Mitchell Robinson. (laughs) Very good season. And two seasons with Kenny Payne. Look, he had no, we, we, we knew, we read articles, no development for those first two years. Not under the Fisdale watch, not under the Steve Mills, Scott Perry regime. Under the Leon Rose, Scott Perry regime, bring, uh, bring in, uh, Kenny Payne. We start to see some development out of Mitchell Robinson being a center, actually giving us a little bit, even some games he gave us a hook shot. I was shocked. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And he hit, he does shoot threes in pregames. Any Knicks fan who's a Knicks fan knows that he's only he's doing hard. pregame is popping threes. And that's fine. That, I'm, I'm okay with resigning him, man. You resign him. He's going to be cheap. Even if you give him the max deal, he's going to be cheap. It's fine. But what we learned from him and from Julius and really from a lot of players, but specifically those two, Aaron Judge. I want to talk about Aaron Judge for a second, man, because Jeez. he is the news. He's the news of New York. He is the news of, oh my goodness, what, what an arrogant player. How can you not want to be a Yankee fan? Oh, I hate him now. And I'm supposed to hate Aaron Judge. Let me tell you, let me speak to Yankee fans for one second. I know we're irrational. I know baseball fans specifically opening day, opening weekend, opening month, everyone's irrational, right? We had the stupid on pace. Uh, you know, threads. Oh, you know, he got two homers today. He's on pace for a, a six zillion RBIs. Like, all right, I get it. As Yankee fans, we should be, wait for it, Alex, happy, happy that Aaron Judge didn't sign his $270 million deal. Why? If he signs his $270 million deal, 
And the Yankees won, underachieve, which in this year is almost playing to people's expectations, right? Because we're projected to be last in the AL East, which is insane. But anyway, and number two, if he gets hurt, we're going to light Aaron Judge. It's over. Like we just signed into a two hundred seventy million dollar deal, and we're gonna we're gonna bash him for the next six years, paying him two hundred seventy million dollars. Okay. On the other hand, if he were to win the World Series and beat MVP, he would be like, "Damn, I left mad money on the table." Okay. So here we are. He's in his contract season. If he does bad, he's gonna get screwed, man. He's gonna screw himself. If he does bad this year. And honestly, it's going to work out for the Yankees. We're going to be able to sign it for that $270 million. He's going to take it. He's going to be like, bro, I'm a free agent. I did bad again another year. I can never stay healthy. I'm 31 years old. Like, it's time. I'm just going to sign this contract, be a Yankee, maybe even be a captain. Okay? If he does well and he bet on himself and he does well and now he's going to get $350 million, whatever he wants. He wanted $36 million a year, right, instead of the thirty-two. So because he wants to be higher paid than Giancarlo Stanton, which an eagle thing and, you know, a Yankee captain thing, whatever you want to call it. Homegrown baseball, thing. There's no, home, there's, no, there's no salary cap. It's his only contract he's ever going to get because he's 31. Okay, so this is it for him. Usually base, big baseball players get two contracts. He wants to make like as much as Mike Trout does. I get it. Okay, so he, he comes out this year and he gets it, man. He gets MVP and he wins the World Series with the Yankees. Okay, like, like what are you mad about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As a Yankee fan, right, if he wants to win the World Series and win MVP and bow out, you know, to go to the Angels for $375 million, no problem. Okay, but I guarantee you, man, if Aaron Judge does those two things, the Yankees will give him whatever he wants. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, they will open up the checkbook. And if they don't, then we at least be like, all right, bro, thank you so much. You know what I'm saying? We had you for the arbitration. It was good times. We won the World Series with you, and now you can move on. Anything short of that, he's not I, – I don't think he's going to get this big, huge contract that he's expecting from anybody. And so as a Yankee fan, I've learned from, you know, watching Julius Randle, from watching Mitch Robinson, from watching all these guys on – you know, uh, from watching almost every NFL player, right? Everybody that's on their contract year, Braxton Berrios. You know what I'm trying to say? Hope, you know, everybody, dude. <laughs> everybody who's on their last year of their contract kills it. And you need to. Jameson Crowder, even. Right? And then, but you have to restructure, poor guy. But like, he even had a crazy year when he, when he knew his deal was up. Everybody, man, everybody who's on their last year kills it. And then you wonder if it was a fluke or is it because he tried really hard because he knows it's a contract year. So if that's what I'm getting from Aaron Judge, I'm okay with it, man. I'm really looking forward to this year. There's a couple of guys in the Yankees I can't stand already. So I know I like I'm talking a little in circles because I just made fun of those people. I can't stand Joey Gallo. It's been one year and one series or a series in a game. I can't stand it. I'm done. I'm done with him. You know what I'm saying? But like we'll see. I I, I see similarities where DJ doesn't have a spot, Glaber doesn't have a spot, and they're uncomfortable. Now they're looking over their shoulder. They can't make mistakes and they're playing bad. So, you know, Aaron Boone's going to have to solve this. We have a conundrum right now in the, in the infield. We traded for some guy. You know, our catcher's playing bad defense, letting balls go. He's obviously, you know, bad in, in, in the, on the offense. Gary Sanchez hitting grand slams. Like, we're, you know, there's, there's, there's a little bit of stuff to watch here. So I'm definitely excited about some narratives. Uh, what goes on with Aaron Hicks in the, in, in the outfield? What goes on with Aaron Judge? 
But all I'm going to say is, as a Yankee fan, I would be, I, I would be content, man. I would be like, yo, Aaron Judge, you bet on yourself? Perfect. <laughs> like, perfect, man. Like, you bet on yourself? Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Cause if you fail, right, then it's all good. Come back to Papa, you know, take my cash, what I offered you and be quiet. If you kill it, awesome, dude. You just killed it. Like, we won. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Like, great. And here's your money. You deserve it. You finally won. You finally broke through. We gave you the fake MVP in 2017. We gave us the fake World Series in 2017. You know what I'm trying to say? And like, here's the real one. And like, that's, that, that's my, that's my take on the Yankees right now. I know we have a tough one with the Blue Jays. I love Vladdy, but the Red Sox suck. I'm scared of Tampa. I know Corey Kluber is going to be MVP this year because he left the Yankees, but I'm, I'm just from a Yankees take. The Knicks season's over. All right, I I, I want to trade the draft pick. I'm excited for the lottery day for the Knicks, but I just want to trade it, bro. Take that with Randall and give me somebody real. All right. Hey, yo, if we get Johnny Davis. <laughs> By the way, Dude, just, did Wisconsin uh, I, win? If, if somebody wants, if, if somebody, <laughs> if a superstar team wants Randall and the pick, if it's for a disgruntled superstar, bro, sign me up. Sign yeah, if me it's a disgruntled up. superstar, sure, but I'm not sign just going. Up. Just not throwing Julius Randle away in a, in a pick. No, like means. a top tier player, top tier guy. Like, yeah. you know, if Mitchell's on the table, if DeRozan's on the table because the Bulls suck and I was right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> if, if, you know, if any of these things happen, if, De- if the Spurs flop out and they want to trade Deontay Murray, if, you know, Denver wants to make a move, uh, my, my first round pick for the Knicks is on the table, bro. Just take it. Like, you know, with Randle, it is attached to Randle. Like, let me know what I can get. All right. And on that note, I didn't know I was going to get a Yankee spiel today, but hey, we got a Yankee spiel. Bro, I've been listening to a lot of stuff, man. I mean, they're on my mind every day. They control my schedule now. <laughs> every day, 7.05, uh, there is a screen on, no matter what I'm doing in life. <laughs> you know, And uh, you got you to gotta get the Yankees going. Yeah. The, the rhetoric is out there. I'm back on my... Honestly, dude, I, I, I felt it's a one year anniversary. Um, shout out to the, uh, JJ podcast on uh, Spotify, the New York, New York. I'm back, dude. He's the only guy every day comes out with the Yankee stuff, like series by series. Like you go, I'm back, dude. I'm so back into baseball. I'm so back into the games. I felt like September out here. Where's Fenway? The Knicks are done. <laughs> you know, NFL draft is coming. I'll be at MetLife. So I'm ramping up, man. I'm ramping up for this, for this Jets offseason. I gotta figure out, man. I gotta figure, I gotta figure out how I get to watch the Yankees up here in Beantown, man. Cause that major league, uh, baseball thing, not their league pass. It's not, how much is it? It's too much. Really? It's too much. Not worth it. Yeah. Not worth it. I remember living in Massachusetts, uh, signing into my yes network, uh, with my pan, like with my family's, uh, stuff to watch it on the road. And then I'd be really excited when the Yankees Red Sox were in town, but then I end up going to the game. So I never watched <laughs> like Yankees Red Sox on TV. Uh, yeah, I, I gotta make, I gotta tough, make it out. This, gotta, out make it out, gotta make it out this season. Shout out to Shukri rights though. If you're listening to Shukri, shout out to you being, you know, uh, the play by play guy, you know, for being a, for, being a Yankee brother out here. You know what I mean? Like he's out here watching bro. Bruins, Celtics, uh, everything, everything, Boston. Was it jumps Yankees. to the Yankees and he is, he's in your face about it. So shout out to him, man. Shout out to him taking the brunt of, uh, of Boston. He's a Patriots fan. Disgusting. Shout out, shout out to him though for, for, for wearing those. We still got runs. the best quarterback. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we still got the best quarterback. And on that note, uh-uh, uh, we're even on that. Josh Allen. We, but yeah. No, I'm not talking about division. I'm out of the draft, bro. Our draft. Oh, 100%. 
hundred percent. Josh Allen, obviously. I thought you were talking about the division. Sorry, I'm no, not talking about talking about between the Jets and the bro, Patriots. Listen, bro, listen, bro. I'm sick of the I'm sick of the Patriots. They suck. Their offseason sucks. Okay, I'm sick of the Dolphins and Tom Brady wanted to buy them and play for them. I'm so sick of this crap. I'm so sick of the, the Von Miller going to the Bills for three years a zillion dollars and all of a sudden they're gonna win. Now. That one's I'm, insane. And, and, they, and they have Crowder. I'm so sick of our division, bro. I'm ready for NFL season. Huh. Our, the AFC East is like. The, Give me the, draft, just, bro. the AFC East is like the exit just hops around with everybody in your friend Dude, group. That's going to be a hell of a division. I really hope we win our first game since Joe Douglas game, but this is the Knicks pod. Gave you some this Yankee the, stuff. This is the Knicks pod. Thanks, John, for the Yankees update. And I agree with it. I agree with that whole Aaron Judge take. Let him work for it, man. Look, we've seen it happen, right? We see. You know who's the best example of that? Joe Flacco. Flacco. Elite. All because he won the Super Bowl, bro. He bet on himself. Great. You bet on yourself win the Super Bowl, bro. No pro- if Aaron Judge wins the Super Bowl, I'll 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 contribute to the fund, bro. <laughs> like, let me know. <laughs> like, where do I sign up for a soup for dude? If October I I'm proje- I proje- I was projecting a little bit today. If it's NFL a bit. Pl- you do this NFL, every day. <laughs> NFL playoffs, NFL playoffs in uh, in I mean not NFL. NFL oh uh, the Jets the Jets are doing well. <laughs> the Jets are doing well in October. Right? If we're not out of the season by October, which I hopefully is not too much to ask, right? That's just 6 weeks into the season if it's not over. If the Yankees are in the playoffs, right? The Knicks regular season and the World Cup is going to be ramping up because it's in uh in the winter this year in Qatar. Uh, my brain's going to explode. College football. Oh, oh my, I got, I, I, if the, I am ready, bro. Aaron Judge, it's a sergeant. Man's flustered. He is, he can't even get his words out. Christian Polizic, yo, I'm going to get into World Cup mode very soon. Like the EPL this week with Man City and Liverpool fighting, dueling it out on Sunday. Yo, things were wild. Mo Salah trying to get his new contract. Things are happening right now in the soccer world. How do you feel that you have two teams you get to root for? They have a Salah. Salah for life, bro. Salah for life. <laughs> he better resign Liverpool. <laughs> oh, man. And now on that note, <laughs> thank you everyone for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. You know what to do. Please make sure to subscribe. We're on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are we there. Are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a comment. We're also on YouTube. Make sure to find the page, Nick's comma, Jets, comma, ETC, period. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. When you watch a video, hit the like button. Leave a comment in the chat. Even if you hate our Thibodeau takes, we all get it, guys. It's all good. Don't even worry. if you hate no. our, even if you, even if you hate our, uh, we still our, love our you shorts. guys. Don't Sublime. worry. We're sorry, bro. We're working on it, bro. We're we, working we, on we, it. Stick with worry. us, dude. Don't worry, man. Stick with us. We all, we love all you. We love the interactions. It's all good. All right. We know what it is. While you're also over there, we got winning picks weekly. John and video producer Greg, they usually go down the NFL slate. They'll talk about baseball, basketball, anything. They give you the playoffs. They're going through the regular season, the futures, parlays, prop bets, everything. They'll discuss it until Alex, they turn blue in the face. What up? Alex, are the Spurs going to make the playoffs? It's a big they're in the bet playing, right? They're in yeah, the playing, right? That, that, yeah, it's a, it's a big who bet play, I have. Who, who are they playing right now? They got two uh, games they have to win. I know they got two. Who's the first one they're up against? Oh, it's 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 Minnesota versus the Clippers. Yeah, right? that's right. Minnesota. Yeah, it's Minnesota and Clippers. That's uh, that's that's tomorrow. I was just checking the schedule. Yeah, that's tomorrow, and you got the Nets and the Cavs tomorrow. 
And then who's the West? What, who are they playing? On? Is it? Are they playing? So then we got. So then we got the Spurs versus the. Uh, we got the Spurs versus the Pelicans after the Hornets versus the Hawks. Spurs so, and the Pelicans. Spurs so, and the Pelicans. So the Spurs have to beat the Pelicans, and then they have to beat the loser of Clippers of that, Minnesota. I think they can definitely beat the Pelicans. I think the next round they're they're not going to make it. The loser of the Clippers versus Minnesota. I think Minnesota will win that game. I think Minnesota will win it. Clippers will be more of an even match, but this whole Kawhi Leonard talk, I'm not too sure. And they already got PG, and they got PG 13. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think that's I don't think that's good for. So you have uh, Spurs beating the Pelicans and losing to the Clippers. Okay, and then in the East you have Cavs versus Nets. Oh yeah, it's going to be a Nets taking that one. Nets, Nets taking and then that one. We, uh, who's going to win, Hornets or Hawks? So I think it's the best game of the play. Ooh, that's going to be a fun one. I, give me the Hornets. Okay, so then we have Hawks versus the Cavs. So the last spot, what do you got? Cavs. Okay, all right. A little, a little preview of winning picks weekly from the Tridecaster. There you go. There you go. There you go. And on that note, guys, don't forget the last thing. We're on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You name it, we are there. there. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Shits, Etc. podcast. We out. Let's go, Knicks. And let's go, Yankees.